takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to talk about on today's show. The Islanders fall to the Colorado Avalanche 5-3, a controversial and heartbreaking loss for the Islanders. They led 3-2 after two periods, took What seemed like a 4-3 lead with about eight minutes left, but the goal was disallowed on replay. And I'll tell you, after watching the replay, it didn't look like the right call, but we'll get into all that. We've got our weekly farm report and a former 30-goal scorer from the 90s uh, is our Islanders' birthday of the day. If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show Feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. Uh, So please, uh, I'll give you some instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to interact with fans during the games and really any time. So feel free to contact me via Twitter uh, whenever you please. Our show is also up on YouTube every day. Goes live right now in the middle of the night, so when you wake up, it will be waiting for you in your inbox if you want to watch this podcast and not just listen to it. Islanders fall to the Avalanche 5-3, to three, and look, I'm going to start off with this. This was a strong overall effort by the New York Islanders. Was this a flawless game? No. I mean, they gave up 42 shots uh, 43 shots on goal because the one went into the empty net, and that's too many. But the Islanders just went up against the best team, or certainly, if not the best, one of the two or three best teams in the National Hockey League on the road and went toe to toe with them for 60 minutes and just fell short. And I'll tell you, there were a lot of nice takeaways from this game. The biggest, well, first of all, Ilya Sorokin, 38 saves in this one, gave up four goals and 42 shots that he faced. Can't really say any of these goals were soft goals. So, you know, uh, credit to Sorokin for keeping the Islanders in the game. 
the PPP line. Palmieri, Pajot, and Parise. Palmieri had a goal. Pajot a goal and an assist. Parise two helpers in this one. Parise was a plus three. Pajot a plus two. Five shots for Palmieri. I mean, these this trio put together only because we still don't have Matt Barzal in the lineup really does have good chemistry and played a strong, strong game for the New York Islanders. And and they hustled, they went to the net, they had some nice passing during the game and really credit to to all three of them for what they were able to accomplish. So some positives there. Uh, But some negatives in this game as well. And and before we get to that, I have got to talk about this. Look, anyone who's been a regular listener to this podcast, I do not blame officials very often. I do not uh, say the refs cost us the game or, you know, that that is not my style. And yeah, uh, in this particular instance, I think there was a bad call that really, really hurt the Islanders. It was a 3-3 game. There were about eight minutes left in the period. Uh, Sebastian Ajo took a shot that may have gone off Anthony Bavillier and just trickled past Darcy Kemper. Initially, it was called a goal, and then the Avs challenged, which I don't blame them for, and you go to the replay. And on the replay, it sure as heck looked like the puck had gone all the way over the net, over the goal, rather, and yet they overturned it. Now, here's the thing. In order to overturn a goal that was called a goal on the ice, there had to be indisputable evidence that the entire puck did not cross the goal line. Look, replays distort. I can't say I had every view that the war room in Toronto had of that play. But it sure as heck looked like the puck had clearly gone all the way across the goal line. And the Islanders did not get the call. And as a result, the the 4-3 lead that they thought they had was gone. And then just a couple of minutes after that, Colorado gets the the go-ahead goal. That one ends up counting. And, uh, you know, Andre Burkowski with with a hard shot. And voila, it was all over. Look, you can make all the excuses you want about the referees. The Islanders were up three to two in this game entering the third period. They had every chance to find a way to close this one off. Ross Johnston, who didn't play as well, obviously, as he did on Sunday, took a holding penalty, and the power play chance, uh, Landeskog cashed in on it and tied the game at three. Then you had the goal called back against the Islanders, and then Burakovsky uh, gets the go-ahead goal, Eric Johnson, an empty netter. I think the call was wrong. I don't think they should have overturned that goal. It looked on the replay like the puck had fully crossed the line. And if it didn't, I don't think it clearly showed it didn't. But 
look, the War Room made their decision. The Islanders went toe-to-toe with the best team in hockey on the road and really played a, a pretty strong overall game. Got off to a little bit of a slow start, but the last half of the second uh, of the first period and all of the second period pretty much were Islander uh you know Islanders were playing strong hockey, but then in the third, you know, if they they gave up that tying goal and then when the goal was overturned, you just got the feeling that the Islanders got demoralized and that that was their chance. And then it had passed. Look, the Avalanche are so skilled. They are faster than the Islanders. They are more skilled than the Islanders. They're a little more physical, I think, in some respects than the Islanders. And yet the Islanders held on, went with them, played them pretty evenly, uh, and had every chance to win this game. They just couldn't pull it off. So, uh, you know, there are no moral victories in sports, but this one, it tells you that even though the, the Islanders, this is not their year, they don't have the, the, the luck, uh, things are just not breaking their way, but this team has the talent and the ability to stay with anybody, and it was frustrating to see them fall short in this way. Hopefully, they can build on this performance, and we'll see if it carries over to Thursday's home game against the Vancouver Canucks. More to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have our weekly farm report. We'll check in uh, at for the Bridgeport Islanders and see what's going on there. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day, a 30-goal score from the 90s. Let's see if you can figure out who it is, 80s and 90s. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. Listen to some of these incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good, these are going to be your new favorite. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, but pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game Monday through Friday with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Time for our farm report as we check on all things Bridgeport Islanders and, uh, you know, another mixed weekend for the Bridgeport Islanders. They had two games 
over the weekend, and they split them, both of them, by the way, uh, by five to three scores on Saturday. They faced the uh, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins, fell five to three at home. Then on Sunday, they beat the Charlotte Checkers, also at home, by, (coughs) excuse me, by the very same margin. And look, you know, the Islanders fell behind Bridgeport on Saturday uh, and came back. You know, they had a late rally. Andy Andreoff, uh, Durando, Parker Witherspoon, each scoring. Jakob Skarek, 25 saves, but it wasn't quite enough uh, in this one. And, and, you know, the Penguins, a team they're trying to catch, uh, just a little bit too much. But uh, on Sunday, a 5-3 comeback win over the Charlotte Checkers. This one was also at the Webster Bank Arena in Bridgeport. Down two goals after one period. The Islanders get four unanswered goals. They win the season series against Charlotte, 4-3-1. and one. And uh, I'll tell you, Chris Terry, he did very well. Uh, Arno Durando, Jeff Kubiak, they all score. And uh, a- meanwhile, Andy Andreoff, the tying goal and the winning goal as the Islanders got the win. Corey Schneider, by the way, 37 saves. He faced 40 shots. And again, I think one issue that we've seen with the Bridgeport Islanders, even when they win, they're giving up a few too many scoring chances. And that is, needless to say, frustrating for this team. You you, you really want to see more from this team uh, defensively. And it's something this team needs to work on down on the farm at Bridgeport. We take a look at the leading scorers right now on the Bridgeport Islanders. And I'll tell you... Uh, Some reliable players. Chris Terry, 40 points, 17 goals leading the team, 40 points leading the team. Otto Koivula has a team-high 26 assists. He has 36 points in 43 games. And Andy Andreoff, 13 goals, 28 points. That puts him third. Among defensemen, by the way, uh, Parker Weatherspoon now with 15 points, leading the way. He has three goals and 12 assists. Grant Hutton, six goals and 14 points uh, in that category. So, uh, you know, the the Bridgeport Islanders looking to improve. Meanwhile, goaltending, Jakob Skarek, 10, 12, 10, and 4 on the season. A 289 goals against and a 906 save percentage. Corey Schneider, Continuing to play better after a slow start to the season, 6-9-2, and a 9.07 save percentage, and a 3.07 goals against average. And, you know, for some reason, Bridgeport playing just a little bit better in front of Jakob Skarek than they are in front of Corey Schneider, at least over the long course of this season. So, uh... You know, that part not working out. Now, a busy weekend for uh, the Bridgeport Islanders coming up. Friday and Saturday, two home games against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Friday and Saturday, 
both 7 o'clock Eastern time starts. And again, if you want to check out the Islanders' top prospects in Bridgeport, uh, you could head up to the Webster Bank Arena for that. And then Sunday, uh, three games and three nights back-to-back-to-back, a trip up to Hartford to take on the Hartford Wolfpack. That, of course, the New York Rangers' uh, top (coughs) AHL team and always a good battle. Now, the Islanders still in eighth place as of right now uh, in the standings, but, you know, sixth place will get you into the playoffs, and they're not that far off of that pace as of right now. So, still a chance for Bridgeport to sneak into the playoffs, and they have been playing better as of late. But right now, you know, Wilkes Bar Scranton is in the sixth spot with a 520 point percentage. The Islanders have a 461 point percentage. Not at all far behind. Lehigh Valley has a 479. If the Islanders can take both games against Wilkes Bar Scranton this weekend, they have a chance to get right into the hunt for the playoff push. So, uh, certainly as we are in early March, the Bridgeport Islanders, again, playing better hockey the last two or three months than they did the first couple of months of this season and still hanging around and fighting for playoff position. So we will keep an eye on that. Remember, we do our farm report usually on Wednesdays. Occasionally, if there's uh, a, a lot of news or something happening, we'll push it to Thursday But uh, look for us every Wednesday on the Farm Report where we check in on what's happening to the Bridgeport Islanders, the Islanders' top affiliate. We've got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day coming up. And uh, this one, a popular Islanders player uh, going back to the late 80s and into the very early 90s. So, uh, Let's see if you can figure out who it was, but a 30-goal scorer for the Islanders. All right, we are back. Time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, we're a couple of days late on this one, but we want to wish a very happy 57th birthday to former Islanders winger Miko Makala, the native of Finland drafted by the Islanders in the fourth round back in 1983. Made his Islanders debut in 85-86. Had 16 goals and 36 points in 58 games as a rookie. His best season, 1987-1988. 36 goals, 76 points in 73 games. And, you know, Makala also, uh, you know, played 17 playoff games for the Islanders in his career. Three goals, and 11 points in those, so he did contribute. After leaving the Islanders, went to the LA Kings, then to the Buffalo Sabres before uh, returning to Europe, came back and played for Boston in 94-95 after the lockout was over, and then went back to Germany and Finland to finish out his hockey career, retiring after the 1998-99 season. Makala Played in 423 NHL games, 118 goals, 265 points, and 139 penalty minutes. 18 playoff games, 3 goals, 11 points, 
there. And uh, interestingly enough, Makala later coached in the Western Hockey League in juniors for the Lethbridge Hurricanes for two years, although he did not have a lot of success there. And I, I interviewed Miko Makala for my book, uh, Ice Wars. Very nice guy, had some good stories to tell about the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers and his memories uh, of what he did with the Isles. So uh, thank you again to Miko Makala for taking the time to talk to me uh, when I was doing the interviews for the book. We'll look at one of Miko Makala's better games with the Isles. February 23rd, 1988 at the Nassau Coliseum, welcoming the Vancouver Canucks. Kirk McLean, the goalie for Vancouver, while Kelly Rudy was the netminder for the Islanders. And in the first period, it was the Isles getting on the board first. Brian Trottier, his 21st from Jeff Finley and Tomas Janssen at 9.06. Islanders won and the Canucks nothing. A lot of fisticuffs in that first period. First, first, Dale Henry of the Islanders and Garth Butcher of the Canucks dropped the gloves. And then... Bob Basson of the Islanders and Ron Stern of the Canucks went at it later on in that opening period, but the Islanders had a 1-0 lead. In the second period, the Islanders turned it on. Derek King, his eighth. From Alan Kerr and Pat LaFontaine at 2-10, that made it 2-0 Isles, and then the power play went to work. The Islanders getting Rich Sutter of Vancouver off for tripping. Brian Trache is second of the game, 22nd of the year. Dennis Potvan and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Miko Makalo with the helpers at 343, 3-0 Islanders. Then the power play strikes again. Willie Huber of Vancouver off for holding. Brad Lauer cashes in for the Isles, his 14th. Brent Sutter and Derek King with the assists at 1110, 4-0 Islanders. Then the Islanders are shorthanded. Randy Wood was off for holding, but Miko Makala, our Islanders' birthday of the day, with a shorthanded goal, his 32nd of the year, the only assist to Brian Trottier. After 40 minutes, the Islanders held a 5-0 lead. And then in the third period, again, the Islanders shorthanded. Gerald Diddick off for holding. Miko Makala, his second goal of the game. It was another shorty, his 33rd of the year. Brian Trottier, again, the assist at 848. Late in the game, Petri Skriko of Vancouver breaks the shutout, his 25th from Greg Adams and Garth Butcher, but the Islanders win it by a score of 6-1. to one. Kelly Rudy, 30 saves in as the Islanders get the win. They outshot the Canucks 41-31 to 31 in this one. And for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Miko Makala, two goals, three points. He was a plus two. And he led all Islanders players with five shots on goal. So Miko Makala, guy with good hands, good speed. He uh, had a 30-goal season for the Islanders back in 1987-88. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Where do we go from here? That has to be the question. Still waiting for Zdeno Chara and... Uh, and for Matt Barzal to be healthy again and return to the lineup, they remain day-to-day. But maybe they'll be ready Thursday against Vancouver. We'll keep you updated via tweet and via the podcast. I think the Islanders have to build on this. I mean, look, they ended up going 2-2-1 two, two, and one on this road trip. But 
overall, you know what? They didn't play badly. Uh, even the, the game that they lost against San Jose, they had 47 shots on goal. They had their chances, couldn't finish. Colorado had their chances uh, to win the game, went toe-to-toe with a great team. The only game they played during this road trip that was really unacceptably below par was the loss in L.A. But, uh, you know, 2-2-1 two, two and one just isn't going to get it done when you're back against the wall. So, the Islanders returning home for a, a couple of games, and they really do need to keep playing well, you know, regardless of whether you can make the playoffs or not. Play well. Try to create. If you're going to sell some players, let those players play well, and you can trade them for more and then rebuild your team by creating a winning culture and getting some assets at the trade deadline. We will be back tomorrow. We will have uh, a full preview of the Thursday game against Vancouver and the latest injury updates. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.